0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Bible Basics Podcast. You know, we're all about encouraging and inspiring each other to read God's Word. So today we're going to be inspired by none other than Mr. Olalu Adewale, a man of God, servant leader, teacher, and mentor. He'll share his perspectives on engaging with the Holy Bible, particularly from the perspective of parents. Well, welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Jackie Adewale, and this is the Bible Basics Podcast, where weekly we break down the Bible into understandable bite-sized chunks. About a month ago, we had an episode called How to Develop a Lifelong Bible Reading Habit. In that episode, I promised that I would be bringing you some different perspectives on Bible reading and tips and strategies for developing that habit. Well, I'm so excited that we're going to start that conversation with Mr. Olalu Adewale. He's a disciple of Jesus Christ, a believer in him as savior and the only hope of mankind for life here and in the life beyond this plane. He's married to Mrs. Jacqueline Adewale, that would be me, (laughs) and is the father of two beautiful adult children. His primary purpose in life is to walk faithfully in the counsel of God with compassion and integrity. Simply put, to love and serve God and his people. Brother Ola, (laughs) welcome to the Bible Basics Podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. Not only is Ola an extraordinary Bible teacher, He's also the love of my life. So this conversation is very exciting for me. So let's, let's jump right on in. Before we start talking, though, about tips and strategies for developing and maintaining an effective Bible reading habit, tell us a little bit about how you, young Ola Lou, got involved or got, began engaging with the Bible.
1: Well... Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, or whatever time you are listening to this podcast. I'm delighted to be a guest on this program. Yes, uh, Mrs. Jackie Adeole is my lovely wife, and I'm pleased that um, I, got a ch- I get a chance to uh, be interviewed on the podcast, and I uh, look forward to providing um, the benefits of my life experiences with the Word of God um, on this interview. My earliest engagement or contact with the Bible is probably <laughs> maybe before I was born. Uh, both of my parents were Christians; they had given their life to Christ um, as young people, got married, and they committed to making their home a Christian home. So I imagine that while I was even in the womb, they prayed for me and all that. But my cognitive recollection of being engaged to the Bible is having daily devotions in our home so my dad will go to church maybe at 5 a.m and when he got back at 6 or 6 30 he will wake the family up and would we'll have family devotions that was my earliest recollection and the family devotion started with us saying good morning to each other and then we'll sing a church hymn and uh, he or my mom will read the bible and he or my mom would say a few words about that Uh, and then they would ask us children uh what we thought about what we had heard and then if we had any prayer requests and then we'll pray. That was my earliest recollection. Another aspect of that is the fact that we were Baptists by denomination. We went to church faithfully every Sunday and church did not just mean going to a worship service alone. There was Sunday school then we went into the service. When I got old enough to join some of the programs at the Baptist Church, we had Baptist Training Union, which was on Sunday evenings. Uh, on Tuesdays, we had Bible study. So my parents also made sure that we were exposed to the Bible, not just from them, but also from the church. So that's um, that goes back as far as uh, I can remember.
0: That's amazing. That's wonderful. A lot of us ha- didn't have that benefit. I did. I grew up in a Christian home as well, and church was a big part of it. But a lot of our listeners may not have grown up that way, may not have had that early exposure, uh, particularly from our parents, and that that contributes somewhat to people not having experience with the Bible, with regular reading the Bible. Um, I even I've seen some statistics on Bible engagement. And they show that only about 39% of Americans engage with the Bible once, more than once a year. And this is outside of church services. So 39%. And there are a lot of reasons why people say they don't. They don't. It's complicated. They don't understand it. They don't understand the language. The Bible itself, even as a physical document, is intimidating because of its size, or I don't have time. Lots of reasons why people don't um, engage with the Bible in addition to not having that early exposure. What might you say to encourage people to to pick it up and, and start looking at it?
1: I think, um, and this is probably a biased um, response, I think parents have a role um, in that process. I think as parents, we need to help our children get an early start. Uh, unfortunately, we have a situation where the television and entertainment and the internet and social media has replaced some of the more wholesome informational food that children should eat. Um, what I also had mentioned was that even for school, I went to... A Christian preschool and a Christian uh, primary school. And that is increasingly becoming less of an experience, less of a common experience in our time. So I think parents have a responsibility or a an opportunity. Let me know because this, I, I cannot be prescriptive for every family, but it's an opportunity that every parent has to offer their children just like we give healthy food physical food to our children so they can be healthy young people and healthy adults i think every parent has an opportunity to expose their children to healthy information that will help them and shape their personality and character as they grow into young people and young adults so in terms of what i would suggest to people who ask how can they get started. For an adult, um, it's a different prescription. But uh, for, a, for a family, I would recommend that parents consciously expose their kids to that. What I would also suggest to someone who doesn't have the benefit of that parental beginning or the opportunity for that kind of parental beginning is to seek to associate with people who have values that you think are helpful to you. Because most of the time, the company that we keep also influences the choices of physical food and information and experiences that we pursue. If my friends like rap music, uh, more eventually I would consume rap music. Either in riding in the car with them or when I visit them, Uh, the relationships we have greatly influence several aspects of our lives so that's what kind of a two-part thing for the family i think we have an opportunity to offer this to our children so that as they grow older the bible will not be a strange experience for them for people who didn't have that start or even people who have that start being conscious about the kind of friends that we keep uh, will be helpful in helping us to see the value of the bible because if we have friends who read and live their lives by the guidelines of the Bible. We will be able to assimilate those um, practices and apply them in our own lives.
0: Amen. Amen. That's good. That's God love. That I particularly love the advice that you gave for parents. Um, that's particularly helpful. And I feel like it's it's never too late, even if you don't have biological children, we're exposed to other children that are within our circles, um, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, uh, children of our friends. We should be setting a good example, be good role models for all of them. So that's, that's um, great wisdom. And as adults, to be associated with people who have those values and those, and are participating in those practices that we would like to gain. So, and the one we're talking about today is this habit of reading the Bible. So it doesn't take away from the intimidation factor, though. The Bible's mere size can be intimidating. How would a person just get started opening up this Bible and reading it? We're engaging with it at least on some level.
1: I'm going to use um, a parallel example to answer that question. So, I don't swim, uh, I don't know how to swim, and that's because I was never introduced to swimming as a child. By the time I realized that swimming was a possible activity, I had already learned to be afraid of water. So, I think. I couldn't say enough about the benefit of an early introduction to the Bible. A lot of people, yes, yeah, so if we if we have an experience when our habits are already formed, the odds of us being afraid of those experiences are higher. Uh, especially if are new experiences. So if somebody has never been exposed to the Bible, the Bible can be intimidating. And that's why I use the swimming example. I mean, when I see my friends who swim and they make it look so easy, I tell them, <laughs> when did you start swimming? And almost invariably, they tell me, yeah, I learned how to swim as a child. I mean, if right. you take a child who is not afraid and throw them in water, they're not afraid. If you take a 18-year-old teenager and you throw him in water, he thinks you want to kill him. <laughs> so the same thing, it's... I'm trying not to make this overly spiritual because there are scripture verses that speak to like train up a child in the way you should go. There's a lot that the Bible says about the role that we have to help children experience and learn things before they are afraid, before sin becomes a habit, or before other things occupy the freshness of their minds. You know, when the Internet and Facebook and social media has occupied the space that biblical nutritional instructions should have occupied, then it becomes harder. So, But let's be practical. Uh, most, more, most, m- many more people have the intimidation that like you speak about. All I would say is use life, To kind of take it, don't don't think that you can go from zero to a 100 in two days. Mm -hmm. You know, take, even if it's just a small piece of the Bible that you find relevant to you, apply that. You know, I have friends who their introduction to the Bible was when they faced a certain situation in their lives, maybe when they were afraid, you know, they read a, a passage of the Bible that told them, don't be afraid, I'm with you. And they believed that. And because that was comforting, it created an appetite to go seeking for more. So yes, the Bible can be intimidating, but it's also a, a book that it can be digested in small chunks. And that can be digested in chunks that are beneficial. So um, if you like poetry, for instance, there's a lot of poetry in the Bible. If you like history... There's a lot of history in the Bible, so you can take something that interests you or a life experience that Mm -hmm. you are having and find aspects of the Bible that addresses that. So if you didn't get an early education through some parents or some adults that exposes you to it, another opportunity to engage the Bible is to find something in the Bible that helps your current interests as an adult and take it in that chunk so don't try to take the whole Bible in at once just take the part of the Bible that you can relate to based on where you are at that point in your life and you'll find that you go you keep coming back for more. That's mm. all I can tell you about the Bible that once you taste it, once you take a little bit of it and you see that it really works and it is helpful, Almost invariably, you will come back for more, and uh, that's how you can begin to grow um, in 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 approaching the Bible.
0: I love that, and um, the idea about once you try it, once you taste it, you'll come back for more. For those who haven't tasted or who haven't tried it, and say, "Why is the Bible even relevant to me today?" What do you say to them?
1: I would say that. The unique thing about the Bible is that there's almost no human experience that you won't find a parallel for in the Bible. If you are looking for people who are mean, there are plenty of stories of mean people in the Bible. If you are looking for people who are kind, there are plenty of people who are plenty of stories about kind people in the Bible. If you are looking for people who are business people who are wise in the use of their resources, there are plenty of that in the Bible. If you're looking for a love story, there are love stories in the Bible. So most things that we that are part of our lives as human beings, the Bible offers such a wide range of those narratives about how to do them, or how to enjoy them, or how what to what to avoid. In fact, in human relationships, it tells you how to choose your friends. So, and that's probably one experience that we can all relate to. You know, you see how people made the right and wrong choices. So it's it's a very good guide that um offers you one of the best ways you can learn is to learn from other people's experiences. And that's the opportunity the Bible offers you. You you can actually for free read what other people's experiences are. And while everybody has a unique experience, but at least you can in reading the Bible, you see what's a possible result of a choice you are about to make, and that informs you and guides you as you make your own choices. So that's um, that's what I would suggest. That don't don't try to. It's probably a, a heavy lift to ask somebody to try to take in all the sixty six books in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation uh, uh, at once, mm-hmm. um, but you can take it in, in, in bite bit-sized uh, bit chunks that's relevant to you, or you find, that you find interesting or that you're curious about. Hmm. Uh, even if it's not personal, if you're looking for what's wrong with society or what's right with society, you can find those kind of things in the Bible. The Bible offers a lot of information, a lot of history, a lot of advice, a lot of Encouragement, a lot of... It's just a, a unique book, uh, as I'm sure many people have found, that it's is unique in that it addresses pretty much every area of human experience. And it it introduces you to a relationship that better experienced than described. Is
0: there a particular uh, verse or... Portion of the Bible that's particularly inspiring to you? Do you have a favorite verse or a life verse?
1: Definitely, I have a lot. I have a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. one that comes to mind readily now is First Corinthians ten thirteen, which says that there is no situation that is that you are facing that is not common to man, but that God is faithful and He will with He will not allow you to be tempted or tried beyond what you, are, you can handle but he will, with every situation, make a way of escape so he can bear it. I say that because uh, as a person, when things happen to me that are unpleasant, it's easy for me to think, why me? And so when I read a verse like that that says, check, you are not alone. You're not the only one that's having this experience. That helps me to put a break, or put the brakes on my emotions. Because if we think that, something is happening to us and we are the victim and we are the only victim, it's a lot harder to recover from because we keep thinking that we have no hope and no way to turn things around. But the Bible says, no, a lot of people have had this experience, so you're not alone, which again helps me to say, okay, fine, if other people have had this experience, maybe I should find out how they dealt with that experience to help me. Uh, but more than that, it also, in that same verse, tells me that God will not allow me to face something that I can't handle with his grace. That's also very helpful because that tells me that even though I am not, I don't like what's happening, but it tells me that I'm not helpless, that God is going to calibrate that experience so that it doesn't consume me. So that offers me hope, offers me help. And the third thing uh, is that that's not going to be the last chapter of my life. He says he will make a way of escape. That means I can anchor my hope in the fact that that's just a phase, it's a process, and there is going to be a better, there's going to be a sunrise after that. So, again, like I said, the the Bible addresses human experience in a unique way that most um, many books, even motivational books, cannot even touch the level at which it helps the average person to deal with life.
0: Amen. Listeners, you heard it. 1 Corinthians 10.13. That's one to keep in our... um, in our bag of, of uh, coping skills, in our bag of um, being able to get, get through life successfully, our ability to trust God using this, um, that particular scripture. So thank you so much for sharing that one, Brother Ola. Well, wow. this has been great. We could actually sit here and talk for hours. <laughs> but in the interest of bite-sized chunks, we probably want to bring this um, to a close, but what I thought I would do before we close is have a quick round of this or that. So what that means is I'll give you two things and you tell us what which one is your preference and, and why if you want to elaborate on it.
1: Okay, this is the easy one. Old
0: Testament or New Testament?
1: That's a tough one because I... I have found very helpful information in both sections of the Bible, the Old Testament and New Testament. I frankly, the honest answer is I don't have a preference because at various points in my life uh, or on a daily basis, I find very helpful information in both sides. I really don't have a preference. I tend to look at the whole Bible as my toolkit as my resource kit for life so i don't know if that's an answer i don't know if it's uh it's an option to say i don't have a preference <laughs> it's a
0: great answer it's a great answer okay here's one would you rather have dinner with moses or paul
1: ah uh, that's i do have um, a preference with i i would rather have dinner with paul um and the reason is because he comes across to me as an intellectual person and also an intellectual person with heart, which is a personality that I see myself as. I mean, I, I, I like to think that a human being should be smart and also have compassion. So Paul comes across to me as someone who is very smart, but who also cares about people. Not that Moses doesn't care about people, but (laughs) as much as I read about him in the Bible, he tends to have a short rope for people. He gets easily frustrated when people don't do what they're supposed to do. So I would rather have dinner with Paul than Moses.
0: I would also describe you as smart and compassionate, so that makes sense to me. But let's give Moses another chance. Would you rather be stuck in the wilderness with Moses or John the Baptist?
1: Uh, I would rather be stuck with Moses in the wilderness, because at least he he has some experience in leading people out of the wilderness. John the Baptist made his house in the wilderness. He was eating and feeling comfortable in the wilderness. So if I'm in the wilderness, I'm thinking, how do we get out of here? You know, and I'd rather go with somebody who has experience than somebody who thinks it's okay to stay there.
0: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all got as much out of this conversation as I did. Brother Ola, thank you so okay. much for coming and sharing and pouring into us. And I want to extend an open invitation anytime you want to come on to the Bible Basics thank podcast. You. you are absolutely thank welcome. You. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank
1: you. Thanks. It was a very nice experience and glad to be a part of uh, this uh, podcast series. Thank you. you're (laughs) You're very welcome bye
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for tuning in if this has been beneficial to you please share it with others subscribe or follow and all of you Apple Podcast listeners drop us a review